यू आर लिस्निंग टू डूड वेज माई आर ब्रॉट यू बाई साइके योर मार्टेक ट्राइब वे वी मीट लर्न एंड ग्रो टूगेदर दिस इज जलजीत अजानी योर होस्ट एंड वेन आई एम नॉट पॉडकास्टिंग आई हेल्प बिजनेस टर्न इन टू ब्रांड्स यूजिंग कॉन्टेंट हैकिंग एंड मार्केटिंग टूडे ऑन डूड वेज माई आर ओ आई वी हैव निनाथ छाया हु हैजेंटी प्लस ईयर्स ऑफ एक्सपीरियंस इन इंटरक्टिव डिजिटल स्पेस एंड एन एटीन ईयर एक्सपीरियंस इन गेमिंग He has worked with brands like Unilever, P&G, Coca-Cola, Cadbury's and many more. He is the founder and COO of GoFigital, where they reimagine reality using AR, VR and mixed reality. He is one of the first people to launch video games in India. In this episode, we talk about how Edward Games and gamification strategies help brands and how he always is two steps ahead tinkering with the future. Let's find out how he does that. Thank you, Jaljit, for having me on the show, and okay. I love the title of your show. Not uh, <laughs> why, because that's something pretty much every client of ours asks us, especially when you're doing trying to do something new. Everyone, um, right? Absolutely, and and this has been the common question across the past twenty five years that I've been involved in the uh, digital and interactive and gaming space. I run Go Digital, which is an immersive tech company. We work in the AR, VR, and AI space. We're a part of Wits Interactive, which is a twenty twenty five year old design tech agency. We started back in the web one point two days um, uh, by creating websites back in the day in ninety five ninety six when the internet was a new phenomenon, and we said, hey, let's kind of Uh, try to do something which can help businesses go online. This was when digital was not even a, a very popular term. We will kind of try and go out and meet clients and tell them why they should be online. I was with Wits back then. It was more like a two two guys fresh out of college starting off. Hitesh was the founder and CEO, and uh, I was kind of the creative and the business guy, pitching right. uh, websites. And same question back then, like, hey, the internet is a new field, dude. Where's my ROI? I mean, why should I move from print? And, and this was when the the download speeds were like 14.4 kbps, and the peak was like 56.6 kbps. After a few years, I I co-founded India's first gaming company, India Games, uh, with Vishal nice. Gundal. And even at that point of time, I mean, gaming was a, a, a almost unknown industry back then in India. I mean, and very few people. Right. Getting into this space as, as game developers, uh, I was a gaming. I, I used to love playing games as a kid, and that was kind of uh, the the natural extension for me. That day, if if I love playing games, there is somebody out there who is making these games. I figured out, and, and like you said, back then, even back then, there was no course as such. I mean, we would get inspiration from the games we played and make our games. And then the whole idea was. People back then were playing on uh, the MSN Games channel or Yahoo. We wanted to build games for the Indian audience, so it was the name India Games also came about by making games by nice. Indians. So, nice. so what, what the Honorable Prime Minister said a few days ago, saying we need local content and local games. Well, we tried our hand at it almost two decades ago, and interestingly, back then the Kargil War was was kind of the trigger point for us to get into. Creating a game which would appeal to all Indians, and we made an online game called Operation Vijay, where you okay. play an Indian soldier shooting down the enemy from the border. And and recently, a few days ago, another gaming company 
the encode games announced a similar game called Foggy. So it, it's, it's interesting to see the whole industry come a full circle. And I've been in gaming, like I said, for, for almost 20, 25 years now. Four years ago, I came back into the Wits Interactive Umbrella uh, to set up Go Digital, which is in the immersive tech space. And then we started building AR, VR based solutions. Again, that's been an interesting, fun journey. So all throughout, we, I've been in the space where we are trying to do something new, something interesting, something exciting. And that, this is one common question which has been asked that, hey, dude, where's my ROI? And hence, it has right. uh, that's been a journey. And would love to chat more about this over the next uh, few minutes where we are interacting. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's a solid intro because you actually encompass your entire journey. What I see as a pattern in your journey is when games were not popular, you guys started India Games. When, let's say, digital was not popular, you started Wix Interactive and you were working on that. Right now, AR, VR, it's, it's popular. It's like the buzzword. But it's not, you know, which you see every day, everywhere. It's coming into its own, like we are coming into the realm of connected packaging, more and more yeah. brands are exploring these things. So has, has that been a pattern in your life? I think when I look back and connect the dots, I mean, I think I was right. always a, a restless kid. I was always the one with the attention deficit disorder. Okay. I mean, even, even during studies, I mean, I would not say that I was I was a bad student. I was, I was fairly above average. Uh, I would kind of study maybe a couple of days before my exams and still managed to come in the top two, top three. But I would never kind of sit down and, and study. So it was always the curiosity of trying to find something new, the the, mm-hmm. the uh, hunger to say, okay, well, how do you do this in a different manner, which possible aspect. Uh, like when I was playing games, Kid, right? I mean, when you when I played on on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred or uh, the Eight Bit games, yes, as a kid I would enjoy playing games. But somewhere in the back of my mind, like I said, it was always that okay, if I'm playing this game, somebody else somewhere in the world has made this. What what was the thought behind making this game, and and that's what got me into making games. Or, or I'm I'm not a techie person, so I would kind of conceptualize the games. I would write the overall okay. and, and then. I would have the team build it out kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, and even when I was doing, uh, even with Interactive, when, when we started back in college, I was doing my master's in organic chemistry and Hitesh was doing his engineering. And we said, right. hey, the web is a new thing, let's do something. Uh, and, and to even pitch a website, you had to actually create a demo website to show to people that, okay, this is what a website would do. Yes. Now, at that time, I don't think I don't think people must be even understanding the website. You first had to sell them the idea that this is a website. Yeah, so we would we would be analogy to say this is a brochure. This brochure we will put on the internet. Your company's information will go internet. And people will be able to see it not just in the in your locality or in the region you operate, but globally. Around so it's like way. a yeah. of, of sorts. And, yeah, that's how we kind of went about pitching how what a website would do and pitching the first the concept of the internet that what the internet was all about. Generation is a very common thing, uh, but back then people were still getting used to that concept. Uh, the the TCP/IP protocol was very expensive for people to get, so people would get text-based accounts and then use. Right. Uh, so it was it was interesting to pitch websites or even when we started building games. 
my own father was very surprised that, okay, why would anybody want to make a career out of making games? I mean, I, I come from a family of academicians and doctors and on my mom's side, we have a lot of, we have, most of the people are in the medical field. And my, on my right. father's side, in the academic side of things, he's an academician and suddenly here was this kid wanting to make games and make a career out of it. How has the thing changed? Like right now when you are pitching, let's say for example, you are pitching an interactive product. Who are your clients? What do they ask? And how do you aspire? In a lot of cases, yes. I mean, you need to kind of show the proof of concept. So so like the digital solution we just spoke about, about the ROGC2 building. So the whole idea came about, especially around the lockdown when uh, people were looking to reopen uh, and in, in this case, I mean, Hitesh was the chief architect of, of this solution. He said, hey, uh, okay. like it or not, Arugasetu is an interesting solution where people can use contact tracing. I mean, there are a lot of concerns which a lot of people have about privacy issues and stuff, but he said, well, look, how can we leverage the ability, the reach of this particular platform and build a, right. build a layer on top of it, which will help organizations at least make sure that yes, you have timely detection of a COVID positive case, which could okay. not the other guys. And we did a quick quick prototype using an app uh, which had a QR scanner, which would read the QR of your ROGSA2 app, and it, it would kind of send. Uh, so it was like okay. a cloud-based service, which which would send the information to the HR of that company when you enter the app, when you enter the premises. A person would scan. Uh, to take the temperature. And the HR or the CXO level person would get a dashboard saying, okay, these many people walked into my office today, out of which X X number are safe, maybe a small percentage is, and by not letting that person go further from the entrance point, you're actually preventing the spread or or you're trying to stop the spread from that way. And uh, based on that, and and then fortunately for us, DTIO opened up the API. So now we actually have, we are pulling data with, with the API service uh, where you right. don't even have to read office premises gate. You just, every every morning, we can, we can set a timer saying every uh, X number of days or every few hours, you, you push. Just refresh that, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, refresh that. So you get a status and say you I get detected positive, I will get a call from my HSN boss you don't even step out of your house, we will make sure that you are safe. We will take care of sending all the relevant things to you at your home. In, I would not say interestingly, but for, for want of a better word, uh, one of the clients when we rolled this out, they had, they had four positive cases last week and, and we were able to kind of get timely early detection. Early, yeah, early detection yeah. to prevent it from spreading further. And we are rolling it out in more client locations in the next few days. I, th- I think it's brilliant, especially because uh, right now in India, being one of the only countries wherein the cases are rising, but we are reopening. Yes. And especially if we look at, let's say, Bombay Chodake, mm-hmm. I have seen like Delhi is open. Yes. Right? Indore and uh, Bhopal and all these places are open. You can dine out over there right now. Mm-hmm. So, especially in a place like Bombay, wherein there is the cases are rising, the people are going to offices and they are, you know, restarting. I think yeah. it's a brilliant addition. Uh, what I like the most about it is uh, the early detection and what you mentioned to me and how I'm imagining it is, uh, let's say, 
आरोग्य सेतु में ऑलरेडी इट ट्रेसिस इट अंडरस्टैंड की इफ यू हैव पास्ट अ पर्सन हु हैज कोविड सिम्टम्स और समथिंग एंड इट विल ऑटोमेटिकली ग्रैब ऑन योर सिस्टम एंड इट विल टेल मे बी इट द पर्सन हैज डिटेक्टेड विद टेम्परेचर और नॉट but it will still tell you ki this person might have the chance to develop these symptoms or something sure. so which is which is great i think yeah. one part it's brilliant that this kind of service exists and you guys are being able to you know make it actually available to companies and all so which is brilliant how else like how did the lockdown affect you guys and did it affect you guys in a way wherein your productivity came down then you guys figure out okay remote aise kaam kar sakte hain मुंबई it is safer over there so right. to you know, manage all of that but i think as a team we kind of uh, we kind of managed uh, coming through that phase uh, we would coordinate on uh, whatsapp and on our local uh, messaging systems uh, internet right. that uh, just to make sure that the projects in dot get affected we in fact during the lockdown we were working on a, just before the lockdown we were working on a very interesting ar project with one of our clients pretty like industries we're launching uh, a new product in the market the acrylic pouring kit and we're working with them using facebook's uh, ar sdk spark ar uh, okay. which you experience augmented reality on facebook and instagram wow and we were pretty much almost through the project and the lockdown happened and even the facebook review teams and everybody went remote uh, the process took a lot longer uh and then then their guidelines changed so everybody was working from different parts uh, including right. uh, the facebook team in the us and everything uh and and which plus the retail shops got closed so so the launch also was a, which was supposed Correct. to happen march april time frame got delayed and mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago we released that uh, ar experience so the whole idea is that uh, you can get a sense of how the acrylic pouring kit process works by just scanning the packaging the connected packaging using okay yeah the air filter you on your facebook and instagram and then nice. so i think it's live right now na it is live absolutely you can just go to fabricrel.art from your phone and okay. if you have the package the box in front of you you scan the box and the air experience comes to life awesome i will have to check that out i'll check it out for sure so Yeah, this okay. entire this entire journey which has been like you've been in the digital space and all your interactive stuff all the games and all of you know going online and all these things this is one of the main core things which also helps marketing right yeah. so what is your viewpoint to when you look at marketing technology over the years how is that developed over the years yes i mean uh... what started from just just basically having one website online right. say in the 2000s to today where you have a lot of uh, solutions and a lot of jargons going around uh, right from right. website and mobile apps and gamification and ai ml 
performance program, marketing and programmatic and ASO. There's everything, right? I mean, all of it, marketing is all about engaging with your consumer. How your build is able to connect and tell a story. So, so yes, Mart, MarTech as a term there is, uh, has evolved. I mean, there are a lot of avenues which you can use to, to engage with your customer, to interact, to, to drive a message for, uh, forth. Because of an enabler, right? I mean, even before digital, people were selling uh, products. People were talking to their customer. Mm. The internet or digital has enabled, has enabled or, or made it easier to communicate with uh, your customer. You can track to the minutest detail how your audience is reacting to your campaign and you can change it almost in real time to make sure that things kind of uh, get back on track in case you see that people are not responding in a positive manner. Unlike, say, you back in the day, you'd print an ad in, in, in the print medium, and then you would not know the audience perception. In digital, you actually can get user personas of what kind of people are coming to experience your campaign, what is the feedback coming in on social media. What is a big thing that on social media, people can interact with your brand and, and you can uh, share your insights, all of that. So there's a uh, interesting thing which I came across your profile, the word called Edible Games, mm-hmm. right? What can you tell me about that? Because it, you work with brands like Unilever, Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola. What was that like? And what exactly did you deliver in a nutshell? Absolutely. So Edible Games, like, like, it's, like it's advertising meets gaming. Right. Uh, and, and over the years, in fact, globally, it's a, it's a huge industry where uh, brands like Pepsi, Coke, uh, McDonald's, Burger King, everybody has used the gaming as a platform, not just on mobile, across PC and console and online to engage with the users because gaming is a, is a very sticky form of content, right? And games are very engaging. And if you can manage to integrate brand communication as an integral part of uh, gaming, you have your audience's mind share for quite a few minutes and beyond. I mean, unlike right. a, a, a video or a banner ad, I mean, when, when we started AdWord Gaming back in the uh, early 2000s, the, the buzz was the banner which you had on a dot-com website. We give you so many eyeballs. And our pitch to our clients is we will not give you eyeballs. We'll give you mind share of your customer. In fact, one of the first uh, PC games which we built in India was a game called Yodha, the warrior. And over there we had Pepsi come on board as a sponsor. Uh, you were fight, you were again, uh, uh, the play, you the player were fighting for your country against the enemy. And as a health pickup, you would collect Pepsi logos. And every uh, time okay. uh, you collected logos, it would go, uh, the, the Pepsi jingle of Yedil Mangamur would play. That also we did a bunch of things. And, and uh, once mobile came in, obviously the, the distribution reached open quite a bit. Uh, where we when when we worked with brands like Coca-Cola during the Football World Cup 2006, a penalty shootout game, uh, which had Coke branding. So every time you scored a goal, you would see a digital billboard with Coca-Cola coming. Because when telcos were, I mean, the, it was this was the Indian uh, phone before the feature phones, right, uh, right, right, right. Came in, right. So the Nokia series 60 phones and those kind of things. And even now, I mean. Uh, Early last year, in early 2019, we worked with Procter & Gamble in India, PNG, to create a virtual reality-based shooter game where uh, it was for head and shoulders the brand. 
and, okay. and it was a magic buster. So you wore a VR headset and you would see, uh, so, so the whole environment was that you are within the human scalp and you have killer dancer flakes okay. coming in. Okay. You had to shoot dancer flakes. And this was, this was part of the marketing campaign. Uh, and the whole idea is that it should not seem like a force fit. The game genre has to fit in with what your brand communication is going to be. Head and Shoulders is about dance of killing dance of or right. dance of. We kind of looked at the uh, shooting you genre. gamified it. <laughs> we gamified it. We uh, we worked on so and and we look at different genres. It could be like a Candy Crush kind of a game if it is for a confectionery company, or it yeah. could be. Uh, or Kellogg's or something, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Or it could be a racing game if it's for the lubricant uh, automotive oil company. So advertising is basically where you go just beyond the 30-second advertising spot and actually get onto your user's device and, and the user is incentivized to play the game again and again. Uh, with, and, and in a subtle manner, you are driving home the brand message. Gaming and marketing in India is happening. But what do you think about the entire gaming industry in India? Like, are we publishing enough games which are just solely for the gamers? So who is a gamer? I mean, right? A gamer is anybody who's even played a game once or twice. So India is now really coming up the curve when it comes to uh, gaming publishing games. And there are quite a right. few talented gaming studios in India who are not only producing games for the Indian audience, Indian, Indian content-specific games, I would say, but also... Uh, producing games and, and making really good quality games for the global audience as well. And uh, I think I think the App Store uh, opening up a decade ago, uh, the, the Google Play Store and the uh, Apple App Store really opened up the ecosystem. Uh, and then what we call as the geo effect, the bandwidth opening up, really got people uh, hooked onto gaming because bandwidth was no longer a constraint. Devices getting uh, started getting uh, faster, powerful. Yeah. And cost-effective, right? So, really help the Indian gaming industry start creating games which can be played from by anybody pretty much across the world. I need to ask you this: which is your favorite game, all-time favorite? Hmm, interesting. Uh, I think for me, it's, it's, it, it depends on which platform I'm playing the games on, right? I mean, uh, okay. Uh, so, for me, the first introduction to games was. When I think I was five or six years old, and okay. my uncle took me to one of those video game arcades. They put a coin, and then you can right, start. Right. And the first game I remember playing was a game called Blue Shark, where okay. you just had a harpoon uh, as a controller. Right. The sharks going. I remember that. Yeah. And so that's kind of possibly my personal favorite because that was what introduced me to the game. But then I played Doom, uh, the first <laughs> on PC, right? right? I got kind of hooked on to do more Prince of Persia. Uh, then on mobile, it was Snake. When, when, when I think everybody's played Snake on their Nokia. Everyone, yeah. Uh, then came the Angry Birds, which kind of triggered the whole smartphone gaming revolution. Right. Or, or when I look at virtual reality, I think Beat Saber is my favorite when I come when I play uh, games on my Oculus Quest. Uh, so uh, console was, I think, uh, uh, Tekken or Dead or Alive, those kind of games. Burnout. So there Tekken, are, Tekken is one of my favorite games. <laughs> so, so depending on what platform you're playing it on, Perfect. Uh, I have my specific choices in that. Do you think gaming has become, over the years, it's become more and more simple? 
like you know like i'll give you one example you must have heard of this game called serious sam mm-hmm. okay so serious sam was the first game wherein you could not die mm-hmm. if you die you know your life would get revived automatically right before that and i see this like there was there were games like max pain and all these around that time which were really difficult you know like without if you are not using cheat codes and all you really had to go and survive and then complete the game so games used to take a whole lot longer to complete like difficulty levels were different when csm came in it was not about dying it was just about having fun go mad <laughs> so from there onwards i've seen this uh, you know whole up, up curve wherein people are just interested to game to game and have fun and that whole dangerous bit is kind of not there is it is it true or is it just me just thinking stupidity so i think it depends on the game you're playing and again on the platform you're playing it on right, right. I, mean, uh, i mean if you look at the pc or the console you're sitting in front of a large screen with an r or r2 to kill and then which is where you can have a lot of complexity built into the game uh, i remember uh, when i started playing doom you had like easy medium and then and you're like the nightmare mode and the knee deep in gore that's what they used to call it right. like, when you could not survive beyond the first couple of moves that you did uh, but obviously when you one would play it in easy and then kind of try and learn all the tips and tricks my platform right the mobile is also a multi use device um, hmm. like you might get a text or you might get a call correct and how to be snacky it, it, it is similar to watching a 30 minute episode vis-a-vis watch a three hour movie in a cinema hall that you are okay. different and which is where the uh, having said that i'm not saying that the games on mobile are not complex there are complex games even on mobile and and on the ipad and the tablets right. where you have people hooked on to it for hours together right. so it actually depends on the genre of games when one is playing and the platform one is playing i still play most of my games on easy mode just to kind of try to see how far i can get can you share one eureka moment from your career wherein that was the time when you said ki wow this is you know this is that moment there are a few there are a few so uh, so for example when i got into gaming right and mm-hmm. building games and initially it started off as a hobby and you were kind of just building, making a game because you love playing games but then suddenly a client said okay make a game for me like wow okay. this make games Uh, okay. and when india games got uh, our first round of funding uh, my dad was surprised that when we raised our first 1 million round of funding from a couple of vcs way back in 2000 my dad was like wow okay somebody's actually funding you guys to make games and they're like yeah sure i mean okay nice. looks like you're doing something you're on the right track or when we were uh, starting go digital uh, and this is as if in that four years ago uh, when pitch my co-founder at go digital and i were talking and uh, we are talking about how technology is making kids of today a digital slave uh, for want of a better word like today natives i mean i mean and, and uh, sadly to say video game addiction is actually becoming a real thing i mean i'm i'm actually uh, ironically i'm also advising a lot of uh, people on how to kind of stay away from video games and and not get addicted when we were talking about what do we want to do in the ar vr space uh, he and, and he being an old friend of mine he said hey you have a daughter and and she i see her constantly hooked on to her ipad this is well she loves reading but she's 3 years old and this was like 4 years ago 
<laughs> back to her and that was a eureka moment where i said okay how the a physical medium like a book can right. interact with digital moment or the digital in, and, and so we, we created this whole edtech platform or playvolution which is an ip which we are uh, launching in india very soon where preschool kids from age 3 to 6 can learn english can it's a language learning platform using nice. reality and gamification and that was a eureka moment for us that hey, you can use physical assets and digital to kind of create an ar based ecosystem to to create solutions and that's really even that's even how the name go digital came about that we are helping businesses go digital i i love that name that name itself is a tagline so <laughs> it's it's crazy go digital Awesome. In terms of AR, we are one one question which always you know I think of is initially people didn't know what to do with AR is what my observation has been. So VR was you know one of the things which caught everyone's eyeballs and people were developing everything to do with VR. But now AR suddenly is out there in the market, especially because everyone is with a smartphone and that merge of the physical and you know interactive world coming together. is a much bigger play is what people have now understood so is ar being more uh, aggressive like people adopting more towards ar is that true so jeet like you rightly said uh, both ar and vr are really good technologies to kind of build immersive experiences but ar is more mass market because like you said i mean smartphones are everywhere and i think right uh, pokemon go was a game which made ar yes. a household name right yes. and look you would see people in the neighborhood walking around with their phones trying to find a pokemon right uh vr again is is a really immersive and engaging medium but you need a headset uh, you need to wear the headset you need to be right. in the control environment and which is where that device is something so it's again going back to my analogy about mobile gaming and console gaming right right i mean console gaming is a much more immersive experience but you need you need a environment to create that engaging experience because mobile gaming is snacky content uh, both have their own uh, advantages and uh, we have built solutions for both now in fact with mixed reality coming up i mean magic leap is Globally, or on the Microsoft Hololens, uh, closer to home, GeoGlass got launched recently. I, I think what we were seeing in sci-fi movies, what we were seeing Tony Stark do in his lab, eventually become a reality for all of us, where we say, okay, uh, Edith, like like what Spiderman said, right. uh, Amazon has launched Alexa glasses. Uh, Facebook announced uh, they are tied up with Ray-Ban to launch smart glasses in the next couple of years. Apple is working on their smart glass. So what Google Glass was a few years ago is going to be more mass market, uh, and then people will start adopting. So AR, VR both will grow, but yes, AR because of uh, the mass appeal. Mobile phones more mass market. So in uh, in terms of uh, today, where India is uh, in, and people are you know engaging with games more online. than ever before the you must have seen a rise in the culture of streaming okay. right and people are gone crazy on youtube they have become like gamers now suddenly have a whole new channel how is that trend going to be adopted by markets right now 
So I think, yeah, I mean, I mean gaming is going, going big. I mean, I mean it, it was already big. In, in fact, uh, for the long period of time, people were not aware that the gaming revenues uh, in the US were higher or, or more than the box office revenues in the US. And, and now it's uh, actually, even in India, people are looking at uh, gaming in a very serious manner, where actually kids are looking at getting into esports uh, and wanting to make it as a career not just into the development space, uh, space, but becoming esports professionals by competing in uh, gaming tournaments or having their own Twitch channels or YouTube streaming channels to talk right. about. I, mean, I have a friend who has a teenage son who plays Fortnite and he's got his own YouTube channel where people follow him to look at his uh, Fortnite gameplay tips and tricks. And that was kind of interesting to know for me, who's kind of, when we were playing games, I mean, it was difficult to download a game first off online at the at the bandwidth speeds we were at, but now people are actually streaming. So I think yeah, the, the internet bandwidth opening up having a great uh, opportunity for gaming and esports. If here it will grow, uh, it's right. a matter of time before parents actually encourage their children saying, okay, better to doctor engineer ंग <laughs> Point of view again, you ask really difficult questions, Jeet, because uh, one thing across some really interesting campaigns uh, right. across the VR, uh, and, and each has unique uh, use cases. I mean, I mean there are AR, uh, and like the Magic Leap video of the whale jumping and the school kids getting wowed uh, in the right. classroom was, was interesting to watch. Uh, Coke had done a very interesting VR campaign around Christmas uh, globally, where, where you could ride with Santa in, in his sleigh. Also, there is a non-gaming uh, side where a lot of companies, uh, medical companies also have done VR solutions to create awareness about uh, migraine or, or to create awareness about dementia. And those were really uh, kind of touching. Uh, this is a, a VR film about the refugees of Syria. And you watch it, you are kind of really moved because, because you suddenly see yourself from that perspective. And you're like, shit, this is, this is, yeah, I, I mean, this is why I possibly got into ARV because I wanted to deliver that emotion. Experience. I mean, I, so, so ARV, the, the advantage of these technologies is the ability to generate empathy. Uh, it could be any emotion, but but that emotion becomes extremely real when you are in that environment yourself. So, right. so even if you're playing games, I mean, you suddenly right. become that person. It's like I compare VR to being in the matrix. Uh, when Neo was plugged into the matrix, right. he could shoot a building full of bad guys or he could learn how to fly a helico- helicopter in a matter of seconds. Or augmented reality is what Iron Man sees on his visor or in his lap. So nice. it, it kind of helps you live out your imagination. And, and that's what I think has been a drawing factor for me. Right. Uh, when you say that, what comes to my mind is uh, if we 
if we see yesteryear cartoons like you know jetsons or as we see star wars or something so star wars may people used to communicate with the holograph and you know so it's similar to what we are doing right now we are doing video conferencing similarly there was this whole thing about jetsons with flying cars and all these things. and right now they are actually someone is actually out there building a flying car i would i would suppose absolutely so i think there is maybe there is a kid inside all of us and we are just trying to make that real whatever we have imagined sure and and if you i mean coming to that example if you look at minority report the movie right right, right. would see holographic projections but also they would leverage the the uh, three uh, supernatural beings the cosmic beings right. what was happening right they would, they would predict crimes before they happened iml and predictive analytics could help you do it so I, i think yeah what we grew up watching as films would actually is turning into reality now uh, right. and we, we would have uh, the the car from back to the future to go and time travel very soon i am i'm waiting for that that's one of my favorite movies really likewise yeah. coming to one of the last questions uh in one word what does marketing mean to you roi roi <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> crazy i'm storytelling i mean i mean i think marketing is all about storytelling but at the end everything needs to have an roi and it does uh what better than marketing to drive that roi by telling a story which is compelling and engaging and we can do that i think with the help of go fidget by mixing you would say digital and physical worlds that would really be great some uh, very casual questions are you following some series right now um maybe on netflix or something which over the lockdown lockdown period you must have discovered or as you must be an ardent watcher what do you see what do you binge watch so i have seen a few quite a few series i mean i i think uh, oh, i was i was late to the black mirror game but when i saw black mirror i was blown away it it has right. a dystopian view right. of we are actually turning into this society did you see bandit snatch on that i did absolutely that's absolutely. crazy right absolutely interactive storytelling right i mean right right about the amount of data that the the platform collected right and the kind of insights brought into getting into that person's head that okay this is the choice that that person made and this is the outcome right. Uh, right that's that's been an amazing uh, experience uh watched a few documentaries and i saw a documentary on bill gates called inside bill's brain uh, saw uh, right now i'm watching a series called lucifer which is about the devil right. coming from hell and becoming a, a, a nightclub owner in la <laughs> the whole thing is exciting so yeah i do i do my share of binge watching there's no particular genre uh, i'm i'm waiting to watch boys season 2 on amazon prime i finished breeds uh, both the seasons yeah, i'm i'm a junkie i'm, I'm a binge watching junkie <laughs> binge watching junkie <laughs> i believe you i think this has been great i don't see a lot of questions as of now but we asked how to join your team uh, well join you know team. <laughs> Uh, nice one took call with right 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 how to join your team yeah that's an interesting question how do we join you <laughs> <laughs> well just reach out to us uh, we are always on the lookout for really good talent people who are wanting to do something mad something crazy something fun uh, if if we think that uh, we we kind of have something which would fit your expertise would definitely love to 
have you on board. We are, we are just starting work on another interesting project on, on the mobile platform, nice. which will be going to in the next few weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just sending your uh, resumes email. and links. Resumes yeah. Yeah. Uh, just on the website, we have an email address. Uh, if you are an investor looking to fund the next AR VR startup, uh, just send us an email. Uh, if you're a client wanting to build a solution, reach out to us. I can even type out my number if you want and or, or email. <laughs> reach out, reach out directly on LinkedIn and this is LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. So we would love to kind of see how whether you want to work with us, you want you want to give work to us, or want to fund us. We are ready. We are, we are open. We have unlocked. You unlock nice. Uh, there is one question from Danya. Uh -huh. So he is basically asking why have you swapped so much from website to AR to VR? You know why this whole journey? Yeah, for me personally, I think like I said, it's, it's possibly a case of I get bored very fast. It's not that I've switched. Uh, I still build websites. I mean, I'm very interactive as a group. Still create websites for a lot of our clients across right. across industries. We still build mobile apps. I for for me yes I need something to keep me challenged engaged engaged right uh, my, my parents have tough time with me keep you know, keeping me in one place to study so right. I, for me anything that is new and exciting I, I'm like that I have the attention span lesser than of a goldfish and which is where uh, new technologies always excite me. I think I think uh, Ninaz is always looking towards the future. So whatever new is coming, just check out what Ninaz is doing. You will come to know. Yeah, there's, a, there's an internal joke at our end that people when people ask me where are you from, and I say I'm from the future. And awesome. I came back in time to interact with all of you guys, and that's a joke which I have with my team. Nice. I can I can very much imagine that. Uh, Daniel is saying short attention span. Absolutely, Daniel, I completely agree with you. Uh, is asking, what is the scope of Spark AR? Spark AR is a, is a really interesting platform launched by Facebook, um, which is right now available on Facebook and Instagram. So like you have a mobile-based AR solution where you need an app uh, to build out a, a robust AR solution, for Spark AR, you don't need uh, a dedicated app because almost everybody has today a Facebook app or an Instagram app installed right. on their devices. So for a marketeer, it becomes easy to reach out to that audience who is already on Facebook and Instagram and have them experience the AR uh, opportunity. Plus, from a, from a marketing campaign point of view, it can be integrated as a part of their social media marketing campaign. I mean, they already have uh, marketing campaigns going on and right. I am going forward because Facebook also has uh, WhatsApp as a platform there will be uh, integration somewhere down the line and I'm, I'm hoping that Facebook has Facebook Instagram and WhatsApp coming on board um, to create a cohesive AR platform for people to experience on the VR side they already have invested in Oculus so right. Facebook is making a big push in the AR VR space and Spark AR is their platform for AR experiences. So I think there is a lot of scope to build out. Right. Mansuk has a follow-up question. Can apps built with Spark AR be synced with Facebook ads? You could integrate it as a part of your Facebook ads campaign with, uh, with every Facebook or Spark AR, you have the share option or a client option. So when you are creating your Facebook ad, you could actually have the link to promote your Spark AR campaign in that. 
and we could discuss more about it offline. Uh, once if you are a brand marketer, happy to talk, talk to you. Uh, without your, and, and uh, I, I think uh, we are we uh, Spark AR is a good platform, and Facebook itself is looking to drive it uh, significantly. You also have other platforms like Snapchat. Uh, you, Web AR is slowly coming up, uh, but yeah, Spark AR is brilliant because you have a captive audience both on Facebook and Instagram uh, on on your own social media channels, which can experience it without mm. needing to go out and get more audiences. With this, we come to an end of another episode of Dude, Where's My ROI? Your feedback is important to us. Let us know what you think about this episode. Next week on Dude, Where's My ROI? We host Karthik Nagarajan, Chief Content Officer at WaveMaker and the host of the very popular Filter Coffee podcast. Tune in for the next episode where we talk about content, company culture, hip-hop, sales and so much more. See you on the other side.